Hello, everyone. Pastor Kurt here. Thanks for joining me for today's devotion. It is Tuesday, February 27th, 2024. I'll be reading today from the Common English Bible Translation, and the readings come from the Revised Common Lectionary Daily Readings. You can find a link to those in the show notes below. I have printed there also the readings for today if you wanted to pause this and look those up before we continue. I do encourage you to follow along in your own Bible. Um, Whatever translation you have is just fine. After each reading, there'll be a moment of silence for you to spend time reflecting on the passage, and then I'll offer up some of my own thoughts and reflections. So before we continue, let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we thank you for this day and this opportunity to gather together to spend time um, reading, reflecting, uh, to spend time with you. And we pray that you would open our eyes that we may see and our ears that we may hear all that you'd have us know. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so our first reading today is from Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 19. Genesis 22, 1 through 19. After these events, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, Abraham answered, I'm here. God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah. Offer him up as an entirely burned offering there on one of the mountains that I will show you. Abraham got up early in the morning, harnessed his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, together with his son Isaac. He split the wood for the entirely burned offering, set out, and went to the place God had described to him. On the third day, Abraham took up and saw the place, looked up and saw the place in the distance. Abraham said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will walk up there, worship, and then come back to you. Abraham took the wood from the entirely burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. He took the fire and the knife in his hand, and the two of them walked on together. Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father? Yes, Abraham said, I'm here, my son. Isaac said, Here is the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the entirely burnt offering? Abraham said, The lamb for the entirely burnt offering? God will see to it, my son. The two of them walked on together. They arrived at the place God had described to him. Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He tied up his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. But the Lord's messenger called out to Abraham from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, Abraham said, I'm here. The messenger said, don't stretch out your hand against the young man and don't do anything to him. I know now know that you revere God and didn't hold back your son, your only son from me. Abraham looked up and saw a single ram caught by the horns in the dense underbrush. Abraham went over took the ram, and offered it as an entirely burned offering instead of his son. Abraham named that place the Lord Sees. That is the reason people today say, On this mountain the Lord is seen. The Lord's messenger called out to Abraham from heaven a second time, and said, I give my word as the Lord that because you did this and didn't hold back your son, your only son, I will bless you richly. And I will give you countless descendants, as many as the stars in the sky, and as the grains of sand on the seashore. They will conquer their enemies' cities. All the nations of the earth will be blessed because of your descendants, because you obeyed me. After Abraham returned to the the young men, they got up and went to Beersheba, where Abraham lived. 
So if you've been uh, listening to this podcast for a while, I I think we've covered this passage before. Um, So some of these comments might not be uh, all that new to you. Um, But this is a this is a troubling passage, isn't it? I mean, it's a it's it's wrought with all sorts of suspense, and I mean, I can just imagine this being made into a movie, and I can imagine the the suspense being built up as um, Abraham and and uh, Isaac head up uh, to the mountain, and uh, Abraham's telling his son, you know, yeah, we're, we're going to go up here and sacrifice, but you know what? They don't they don't have an animal sacrifice with them. It's just um, Isaac and and you can kind of see some foreshadowing here as uh, as Abraham lays the this these uh, split pieces of wood on his son Isaac, and his own son Isaac is carrying the means of his sacrifice with him up to this mountaintop. Kind of reminds you a little bit of of Jesus and his sacrifices. He has to carry his own means of sacrifice up to um, up to Golgotha, and and here we have you know this scene here too, and. Um, we have the, the the number three, right? On the third day, uh, we see this happening. And so uh, there's just so much symbolism here in the midst of all that. But you can just picture this being played out in a movie in, in many ways. Um, but the big, of course, problems with this, that at least for me, and maybe you don't have an issue with this, is, is the very first verse. After these events, God tested Abraham and said to Abraham, and I kind of um, always question a little bit um, this idea of God testing us um, in these ways. I think, and, and I think I've talked about this before too, but I think testing, we are tested every single day. Now, whether God is the one that actually does the testing or not, I think God pays attention to the ways we choose to use our free will. Um, but, uh, but, the, but this idea of God testing Abraham's faith in such a way that he's actually asks his son or asks him to kill his one and only son, the son that they had waited so long for and had, had hoped dearly for, and that God finally uh, provided for them. And here now God was saying, you know, what? I'm going to give this to you, but I'm also going to now going to take it away from you. Um, and so um, what does all this mean then for the promise that God had already made to Abraham, that he would have descendants that number, the stars in the sky. Did Abraham believe after this, re- excuse me, after this request that God would provide another son for them? Um, did, uh, did Abraham trust that, um, that God would have provided another way and that he was just going to take his son up there? And, and so he just hoped and he trusted that God wouldn't, wouldn't let him continue to do this path. Um, verse eight says, um, after Isaac questions his dad, Hey, where's the, where's the, um, animal sacrifice. Uh, where's the animal for this? Abraham says, um, the lamb for the entirely burnt offering, God will see to it, my son. And so did he just have trust that, that God would see to the sacrifice or was he just kind of mollifying his son so that his son wouldn't freak out? But Isaac, I imagine, as we read here in verse seven, was questioning what was really going on here. He wasn't I don't think he was all that stupid. He he kind of knew what was going on here. Um, and so, I don't know. It, it, I have a problem with, with that aspect of this passage, the idea that um, God would ask this of any of us. Um, and so, um, it's, it's a struggle for me to really interpret it in that way. 
Um, but I think the overall message is a good one that um, we uh, that our faith and our trust in God should be so great that God comes first in our lives, even above and beyond um, our loyalty to other aspects of our life. Um, and that theme as a whole is we see throughout scripture from the beginning to the end, um, the idea of putting God first in our lives above and beyond anything else. But, um, but when we do that, of course, we are putting our hope and our trust in a God of love and compassion and mercy as, as demonstrated to us through Jesus Christ. And, and I just have a hard time believing that a God of love and mercy, um, would ask us to sacrifice our own children. And ultimately God didn't, didn't let him go through with it. So um, the question then could be, well, you know, if, did, did God actually want this of him or was this really a test or what was this exactly going on here? But I think all of this is just really food for thought to really wonder, um, you know, how, how we understand who God is and, and how God interacts with us and the things that God asks us to do and, um, and, and those types of things. So it's, it's really a, it's a very dramatic and, and powerful passage of scripture. And, and it's an incredibly thought provoking one too. And just reminds us of the importance of trust and, um, and going through with what we say we're going to do and those types of things. And so, Yeah. It's a powerful passage, even if it is a bit disturbing. <laughs> um, I'd be curious to see what you guys thought or what your, um, maybe if you if you have a study Bible, what your study Bible had to say. My study Bible um, talks about uh, this in a lot of different ways, um, talking about um, some people question whether or not this passage in and of itself um, is a uh, argument against human sacrifice. Human sacrifice was not uncommon in the times of Abraham in uh, other religions of the day, um, human sacrifice was, was, uh, probably not ha didn't happen all the time, but was an accepted form of sacri of sacrifice and honoring one's God. And so maybe we can see part of this as a vestige of, um, of earlier faiths or earlier understandings of the, of, of the people's relationship with God. And this, uh, was one way of God saying, no, I don't want you to be a part of human sacrifice. Um, I don't know. But there's a lot, a lot we could talk about with this passage alone. Well, let's look at our next and last reading. It's from Hebrews chapter 11. So we're moving back up to Hebrews. Yesterday we were in Hebrews chapter 1. And so we're skipping ahead a little bit. This is Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3 and 13 through 19. So we're going to do a little bit of a skip here. Faith is the reality of what we hope for, the proof of what we don't see. The elders in the past were approved because they showed faith. By faith, we understand that the universe has been created by a word from God so that the visible came into existence from the invisible. All of these people died in faith without receiving the promises, but they saw the promises from a distance and welcomed them. They confessed that they were strangers and immigrants on earth. People who say this kind of thing make it clear that they are looking for a homeland. If they had been thinking about the country that they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return to it. But at this point in time, they are longing for a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God isn't ashamed to be called 
their God. He has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham offered Isaac when he was tested. The one who received the promises was offering his only son. He had been told concerning him, your legitimate descendants will come from Isaac. He figured that God could even raise him from the dead. So in a way, he did receive him back from the dead. This passage uh, certainly relates to what we just read in Genesis. Um, It talks about Isaac and Abraham's attempted uh, sacrifice of him. And we'll get to that here in just a second. Um, But I want to look at the very first verse here, because this this verse is quoted by a lot of people as it describes, um, you know, what faith is supposed to be. I think it's interesting in my study Bible, it says um, that uh, it says, it's what we have now instead of what we believe will eventually come to pass. And that's, uh, this is not a definition of faith, but a description of how it functions. So I think that's interesting. We always uh, um, quote verse one here, chapter 11, verse one, as a definition of what faith is. But this uh, study guide, or the study Bible says, it's not a definition of faith, but a description of how it functions. And so what does it mean by that? Um, I think what they're trying to suggest here is that, you know, faith, faith is trust that God is present, that God will do what God says God will do. Um, That's really what faith is all about. It's, it's trusting that, um, that even when we don't understand God is present, right? God is there with us. That's faith. Um, And or at least that's my interpretation of faith. And so this faith is the reality of what we hope for, the proof of what we don't see. Essentially, um, it's trusting that even though we don't see it, even though it's not always, um, even though it's not always apparent what's going on in our situation, um, the reality is, is that we are, we are just trusting that it's going to be true, right? We are trusting that it's true. So, um, so one of the things I oftentimes think about are like the sacraments, right? Um, you know, when we, when we say this is the body of Christ given for you, this is the blood of Christ shed for you or the blood of Christ given for you, we are recognizing that in the Holy Sacrament of communion, um, the, the work that we're doing is an outward expression of something God is doing within us. Even though it's not something that we can tangibly feel and touch, the grace of God, this, uh, the, the sacrament of, of, uh, communion is that outward expression of that. And, and though we don't fully understand it, what faith allows us to do is to trust that God is present somehow in that sacrament, right? Um, we may not fully understand all of how it works, um, but we trust and have faith that that is the, the case, right? Same with the, um, theology and the understanding of the, tri- of the Trinity, we can, we can describe it as best as we can, but ultimately we just have faith and we have trust that, um, 
that God is one is three in one, right? Um, so anyway, just a little bit about uh, faith there. But really what I want to look at here a bit more is as it go- continues on, uh, beginning in verse 13 and down into it talks about um, Abraham really in verse 17. By faith, Abraham offered Isaac when he was tested. Um, and so when we were talking about uh, just recently about why, um, what the purpose was of this, um, it's interesting to hear this person or the writer of Hebrews explanation. Um, he said, he figured that God could even raise him back from the dead. And so he, he was suggesting that Abraham was going to offer Isaac up as a sacrifice and rather than trusting and having faith that God would provide a different way, um, the, the author of Hebrews is, su- is suggesting that the faith that he had was that even after he performed the sacrifice, that God would raise Isaac from the dead. Um, and so that's kind of an interesting way of looking at that. Um, and says, so in a way, he did receive him back from the dead. So even though um, he didn't believe that God would have stopped him from performing this, he was ready to go fully through with it. Um, uh, he did believe and have trust that even though, um, even though he was about to, to sacrifice his son, that God would still, his promise to provide him with descendants, uh, that number of the stars in the sky, that that was still true, whatever that looked like, even if that meant having to raise Isaac from the dead or provide it some other way. Um, so I think that that's an interesting thing here. And so it's just talking, he's talking about faith here, the writer of Hebrews, um, and all the examples that he gives are all about trusting um, in God's presence in that person's life. Um, and so um, so that's what we see. And he gives uh, example after example after example, if we were to continue on between verses 3 and 13. Um, you know, by faith, um, he lived in the land and had been promised a a stranger. Um, This is by Abraham. He lived in tents along with Isaac and Jacob, who were co-heirs of the same promise. Um, He was looking forward to a city that had foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So he he was trusting in all of these promises of God. Um, So yeah. All right. Well, I think I'm just rambling now, so I'm going to stop there. Uh, We're going to spend some time in prayer. I'll be lifting up some prayer requests or categories of prayer. After each prayer request, there'll be a moment of silence for you to spend time um, lifting up your own personal prayers to God. And then I'll say the words, Lord, in your mercy, your response will be hear our prayer. And then we'll join together with the Lord's prayer. So let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for all that you have placed upon our hearts today through these readings and reflections. And we bring before you now those things that are heavy on our hearts. We begin by praying for the people of our faith communities. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are suffering and those who are in trouble. Lord, 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the concerns of our local communities. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the world, its peoples, and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the beautiful earth you have given to our care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the Church Universal, its leaders, its members, and its mission. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we lift all this before you, praying for healing, comfort, strength, peace, and wisdom as we pray the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, that's all for today's devotion. I hope you were able to hear a word from God for your life today. If you have any questions, suggestions, or prayer requests, I would love to hear from you. And you can send those to the show email at admin at May you go forth today in peace, shine the light of Christ everywhere you go. Till next time, have a blessed day. Bye.